All right, welcome to the show. I'm super stoked about our guest today. Uh, you know, I'm really excited and we're blessed and, and I'm honored to have him on the show. Um, I think this is going to be one of the best ones we've had in a while. Um, Trevor McGregor, Trevor McGregor, Coach Trevor McGregor, actually, uh, is on today. And he's going to share some really, really cool things with you. Uh, we were talking earlier and I've been looking at his bio here uh, before the call. Uh, a wealth of experience, a wealth of, of knowledge, and has really coached, I mean, you said earlier, 25,000 people uh, in your day. So I think there's going to be a lot of uh, really good shares, a lot of good feedback, a lot of good Q&A on the call today. So I'm just excited to have you on the call today, Trevor. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Joe. Great to be on the show. Love your show. And I love just how much practical advice you give the listener. And uh, yeah, ready to dive in. Yeah, yeah. Let's just get into it. I mean, tell, tell the audience, um, those that don't have experience, uh, you know, with you and so far, give us a, just a quick background um, about, you know, kind of uh, what brought you to the show today and, and you, know, uh, you know, in life, you know, you know a little bit of your uh, bio. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And I don't know if it's the short version or the long version, but as the version <laughs> goes, I'm a high performance master platinum coach. I am also a professional keynote speaker. I'm a real estate investor. I'm an impact investor. I live up in British Columbia, Canada. So for those of you that may not know where that is on a map, I'm two hours north of Seattle. Absolutely love this part of Canada. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, really, Joe, growing up, all I ever wanted to do was play hockey. You know, if you know Canadian kids, all they want to do is get to the NHL. And I did play hockey at a high level, but I just didn't have the speed or the size and so later in my teens, I traded in my skates and went off and studied college and studied business and went to work like most of us in the corporate arena, went to work for a phenomenal hospitality group. And I, you know, literally went up through the ranks there and became the director of operations, doing things like, you know, procurement, HR, finance, marketing, wore many different hats there. And then when I was just short of 30 years of age, the owners of that company said, Trevor, we really like what you've been doing. We want to cut you into the company. We've got this big expansion plan going to happen in year 2000. Would you consider putting in a pretty sizable chunk of money and coming in with us? And I thought, Joe, wow, this is my chance to get rich. <laughs> 29 years old, married, two kids. I thought this was going to be the, the opportunity of a lifetime. And so I literally, um, I, I literally got to a place where I, I borrowed all the money out of my 401k. I cashed in all of those. I cashed in all of my savings. I even convinced my own parents to take out a second mortgage on the family home, a six-figure second mortgage, because they trusted me. And I shoved all this money into this expansion plan. And I thought, here we go. And for the first year and a half, it went really, really well. We were expanding in five major cities across Canada. And then in about 2011, uh, 2001, right around September, when those planes hit the towers, you'll remember, the whole economy stopped. I mean, people didn't know what was going on, if we we're going to go to war or what. And we were expanding so fast and so rapid that we couldn't hang on. And to make a long story short, I lost all of that money I put into that expansion. All of it. Gone. Right? So there I was about 31 years old. It literally took a toll on my mind. It took a toll on my body. It took a toll on my marriage. And what does anyone do when they're down and out? Well, you hire a coach and thank God that's what I did because my coach said this to me. He said, what happened to you is really unfortunate, but you're still a young man. You got to get up, dust yourself off and keep on going like any good entrepreneur. And I said, yeah, but I don't know how. And he said, one thing that changed my life forever. And he said, have you ever thought of investing in real estate? 
And I said, real estate? I don't know anything about real estate. And he said, well, you can use other people's money, buy a property, fix it up, either refi it or sell it and keep rinsing and repeating. And, you know, Joe, my back was up against the wall and it was literally all I could do to scrape other money from family and friends, buy one little property, fix it up. I refied it, bought another one, fixed it up, refied it. And then I bought my third property. And I don't know if you've ever discovered what cash flow is, but that's what a duplex really taught me. And so I went on to buy more duplexes and more duplexes and then fourplexes, single family homes. And in just around two and a half years, not only did I make enough money to pay back all my failed loans, but I had a sizable cash flowing real estate portfolio on the top of it. Now, this is where it gets really interesting because people started asking me, how did you do it? How are you doing it? I mean, it was my son's baseball coach, my other son's soccer coach. And they said, you know, will you show us what you're doing? And so I said, well, buy me a beer and I'll show you anything. And so <laughs> I sat down with him and his wife and literally within two months, they had bought their first rental property within four months, their second. And by the end of the year, they bought three properties and then other people would come to me. And I think that that's when the real coaching bug bit. And as I was working with my own Tony Robbins coach at the time, you know, he noticed my passion for people, business, real estate, everything. And he said, Trevor, Tony Robbins is hiring business coaches because he wants to go beyond being a life coach and really, you know, grow his business division. And I said, well, I don't know anything about how to be a coach. And he said, well, here, go start taking courses and put your resume in. And so I listened to what he said and literally went and got my coaching certification in Orlando, Florida. Then I applied to Tony Robbins and I had to start going to all the events, reading all the books, listening to all the audios. I mean, it was a real, real library. And believe it or not, I was offered a position with Tony Robbins. I literally dropped everything to go work for the man, the myth, the legend, spent half a decade as one of Tony's top master platinum coaches and left Tony in about 2017 to start Trevor McGregor International. And here we are today and I predominantly support business owners Fortune 500 executives, a lot of real estate investors, doctors, lawyers, um, just absolutely amazing Olympic athletes, professional you know, sports heroes, and literally this is the arena and the sandbox that I get to play in every day now. But that's kind of the, uh, the long version to where I started, where I wobbled, and where I am today. That's it. <laughs> Man, dude, there's so many things to unpack there, and, and I just want to touch on a few things for our audience because we talk about a lot of things. We talk about our favorite failures, right? And I usually get deeper into this, like deeper into the episode once we get a little bit to know you. I love that you jumped right into the failure piece, right? Because a lot of people are just they're just uncomfortable talking about you know, the downside and, and what happens to people sometimes when we hit a wall or, you know, we hit a, a big speed bump and it, it shakes us, you know, and, and today, especially today, right? And, and I think it's happening to a lot of people and, and they're not discussing it. They're not talking about it. You know, we're hiding behind it or, you know, we're wearing a mask, right? In, in yep. 2020, um, especially, but but let's talk about, let's stick to the point for a second. You had a big failure and you said the words, my back was against the wall right? My back was against the wall and I had no other choice. I had to figure out a different angle. I think sometimes it's, it's, it's so important um, that we have these failures because they force us to make a change. They force us to own up to what needs to happen. They force us to, to become 
almost a different person or to, to make different choices, um, to make us better people or become the people we are today. And those failures that you experience, just like a lot of other folks, that you would have never been here doing what you're doing now in, in this world that you're experiencing if you didn't have those failures, right? No, you're spot on, my man. And it's absolutely true. And, you know, it brings up a lot of great quotes that you learn along the way. You know, like, you know, Napoleon Hill says in Think and Grow Rich, there is no failure. There's only feedback, you know, and we always get a lot of feedback in life, in our career, you know, in our finances, in our relationships, in our health, in our fulfillment, all those things. But it's really, really true that it doesn't define you because nothing has a meaning until you gave it a meaning. If I would have given that a full meaning of failure, you're right. I would not be sitting here having this conversation with you today. But when my coach said, you know what, you're still a young man. You got a wife and two kids. Get up, dust yourself off and keep going. And you look back at the Richard Bransons. You look at the Elon Musks. You look at the Oprah Winfrey's. You know, this is the entrepreneur's journey, right? Nobody gets yeah. to go on a straight line to success. But you know, thank God I had that coach because again, at the, the, you know, looking back now, I don't know what I would have done if he didn't really, you know, be that guy that believed in me so much to lift me up and help me grow. Does that make sense? Oh, it, not only does it make so much sense, I, I want people listening, especially in today's age and time. And, and again, tumultuous, you know, so much just, just angst going on in the world. There are people out there. And if you're listening to this, there is someone that believes in you. There, there's someone that's there to help dust you off. There's someone there that wants to give you a shot. Um, there's people out there looking out for you. So understand that if you're going through these things, reach out, find, find that, find that person. Um, there, there's someone that's going to help you through that. Um, switching back one more second, because there's another takeaway here that I think is, is so huge and so important. Um, and I wrote down this as you kind of, as you were talking, but people will second guess all your moves until you're successful, right? They're going to second guess, man, are you sure you should do this? Do you know what you're doing? Is that the right move? And then you're successful. And all of a sudden they start asking you for advice, right, Trevor? Right. Yeah. They're like, man, are you a real estate investor? Do you want to do that? And then all of a sudden they're like, man, you're making money at this. Can you teach me how to do that? It's, you notice that? Huh? <laughs> it's so funny you bring that up because I have that conversation with people all the, all the time because I'll coach you know, a newbie investor, an intermediate, or, you know, some of, some of the experts out there. But at the end of the day, you're right. People hear the word, you're going to invest in real estate. You know, your tenants are going to call you at 2am because their toilet's plugged, right? You know, they're yep. going to, you know, throw a hammer through the, the sheetrock, right? And you're setting yourself up for failure. But I'm telling you, you know, I think that that is possible in real estate, but it's also possible that you do a really good job finding the right tenants, buying in the right areas, you know, doing the financing right to where, yeah, you can create a phenomenal level of success. Does it mean there won't be a few speed bumps or hiccups? No. But again, you know, I always ask this question. And even when I look back at my wobble around 2001, you literally get this from Tony Robbins, who's been my coach and my mentor for so long. He says, is life happening to you or is life happening for you? And at the time, Joe, I thought life was happening to me, but now hindsight being what it is. And like you said, this is a tumultuous time for a lot of people going through the pandemic and what's going on. You really got to ask yourself, you know, who do you need to be? Not how do you need to go through the pandemic, but who do you need to be to stomach the downtimes? Because mm. it's just like a roller coaster at the bottom of the roller coaster. We know that, you know, once we hit the bottom, that the next step is to go back up. And whether it's my journey, your journey, the listener's journey, 
we all have a unique opportunity to ask a better question. And that one for the listener is, is, is this happening to them or is this happening for them? Because I believe we're all building immense muscle trying to figure out what this year is about. How would you speak to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what if, what if your belief in yourself was powerful enough to actually accomplish what it is that you wanted to accomplish, right? What if, what if you actually had that vision and just went after it, right? Instead of just staying where you're at and, and being paralyzed in fear, right? You only have those two options. So, so what, why not? Why not chase well, it? Well, it reminds me of a great quote, you know, and I don't know who said it, but it's really that great ships weren't met, built to stay safe in the harbor, right? Mm. Great ships were built to go out there and sail the seven seas. And sometimes it's going to be a peaceful, serene, calm water. And next thing you know, you're going to face some big time waves and then the wind is going to blow in your face. And again, you know, there's a great quote by Jim Rohn that says, it's not the winds, of ch the winds that blow on you that will determine where you'll end up. It's the set of the sail. And mm. I'll say that again, but it's not the winds of change that blow on you that will determine where you end up, like the pandemic wind or the presidential election wind or the global warming wind. It's not those winds that will determine where you end up. It's the set of your sail. And who's responsible for setting their sail? Well, you are. I am. The listener is. And yeah. so you may not like where you're at in life right now, but I'm telling you, tough times don't last. Tough people do. Yeah, and it's important too because I think we're all we're all subject to getting sucked into those winds, right? We all, you know, we, we we get sucked into the social media, you know, we get sucked into the noise, we get sucked into the conversations, the negativity, and, and it's easy sometimes, especially when you let your guard down, to realize that like, hey, I want to be here. Everyone else is talking at this level. And maybe I'll just let my guard down and just talk at that level for a little bit. But reality is, if I want to be at this level, I need to hold myself at a different standard. And they need to not let those winds suck me into that direction, right? I need to continue my trajectory and stay in, in that direction, right? And, and I think that that's a, that's a great quote to make sense of all, of all that. Yeah, and you bring up the word standards, and that's really one of Tony's favorite words. He says he can tell a quality of somebody's result and how they're going to end up by the standard that they hold for themselves. And the standard is where we really ask, you know, have we drawn a line in the sand? Have we declared what we want to tolerate and what we're no longer willing to tolerate? That is, if you're watching too much news, maybe now is the time to turn that off, right? Yeah. If you're gossiping too much about, you know, what's going on behind the scenes, is that helping you or hindering you? Because I'm telling you, we can all raise our standard. And again, I go back to doing it in our career in our finances, in our health, in our relationships, in the people we even surround ourselves with. Because as you know, you know, you become who you hang around with. So again, checking in with your standards is a really fun thing to do as a coach with a client because we can tell where you're playing what I call below the line and where you're playing what I call above the line. Does that sure. make sense? A hundred percent. And how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? So, yeah. you know, keeping yourself at that standard around, around the clock. So I want to spend some time on this because I want to be respectful of your time. But when we, we hopped on the call at the beginning, uh, before we hit the record button, you talked about your five um, failures to scale or five ways that you determined fail to scale. I want to get deep on that because I think that's going to be super helpful for our listeners. And this is where, guys, if you're listening to this and you, haven't, if you have a chance, pull over or grab a pen and a notepad because this is where Trevor is going to give you some really actionable advice um, that's going to help you. 
in, in your ability to scale. And, and I think this is going to be some super actionable stuff. So Trevor, can you dive into that a little bit for, for our listeners? Yeah, more than happy to do that. And I guess what I'd speak to before I dive into those five things, Joe, is this is universal, right? This is universal. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. I don't care if you're in the US or Australia. You know, it doesn't matter about your ethnicity or your sexual preferences or anything. I find that anybody that wants to do anything in business, in life, or even in real estate, because I know that we've got a lot of people, you know, that play in that arena. These are what I call the five reasons that people fail to scale. And I'll go through each one individually, and then I'll stop and get you to reflect. But by the time I'm done delivering this, I want the listener to really take a look at each one of those individually and say, okay, well, where am I showing up in each one of these five areas? Because collectively, it's like doing an audit or doing a review on what might be preventing you from scaling. Does that make sense? Totally. You bet. So we'll kick it off with the biggest one, the number one thing. I know you talk about this on your show a lot, and that is what I call limiting beliefs. So number one is limiting beliefs because, again, most people think that it's too hard. Most people think that they're too old. Most people think they're not educated enough. Most people think that, oh, I should be happy with what I've got, right? And so we start to tell ourselves stories. We start to rationalize. And if we break that word into two, we tell ourselves rational lies, right? We rationalize, which just isn't necessarily true when you think about what is possible. Because again, it's like that old Henry Ford quote, what the mind can conceive and believe, it will achieve. So what I do with clients is I get a look at, you know, into their mind, into their psychology, into their beliefs, their values, their rules, what they think is possible. And then we unpack all of that to create a new way of thinking that is going to happen before they start doing what's involved in step two. But limiting beliefs are the big one. Does that resonate? Totally. Totally. And we talk about this so much, right? What, yeah. what you tell yourself, what you believe, what your story is, and yeah. all these things. And they, and they keep people from doing things what, what they would consider to be uncomfortable. Really uncomfortable is just a step that you haven't taken yet, right? And, and once you take it, it's, it's no longer uncomfortable. So yes, yeah. absolutely. And you're right about their identity. I mean, identity is a big piece, right? It's really a great quote. It's probably Tony's longest quote ever, but he says that the strongest force in the human personality is the need to be consistent with how we define ourselves. Now that's a mouthful. I'll say it again. Mm. The strongest force in the human personality, that means inside of us, is the need to be consistent with how we define ourselves. If we define ourselves as a victim, we're going to remain a victim. If we define ourselves as a victor, we can move to victory. So I love that you threw that piece in because, you know, we often talk about, you know, the standards. We talk about your story. We talk about your state, which is really your focus. And you're either focused on the problem or you're focused on the solution to the problem, but you have to choose. So that whole number one limiting belief thing is really, it encompasses and surrounds all of that. Does that resonate? 100%. 100%. Yep. And Joe, that takes us to number two. And number two is phenomenal because number two is what I call a lack of a strategic plan. A lack of a strategic plan. More people spend time planning their vacation to Mexico, you know, <laughs> for a week than they do planning out their life, right? And it's just mind boggling because if you don't know where you are and where you want to go, that would be like going to an airport and just saying, you yeah, know, I'm getting on a plane and I'm going to go where I want to go. 
that's not going to happen. So what we do is get crystal clear on where you're at today, where you want to go, and we check that gap in between. But what we really check on is what's preventing you from making those first initial steps, right? What is it that's blocking you? What's the obstacle? What's the roadblock? What's the, the, the limiting factor? Because oftentimes people feel that there's a bigger boulder than there really is. And once we get you taking what I call intelligent and inspired action towards your outcome, you know, it'd be like going up a flight of stairs. You take the first two steps and then you reveal steps three and four, and then you scramble up steps three, four, up to five and six, and then six, seven, eight, and you just keep going. Because at the end of the day, I really want people to realize that they're probably being task focused when they need to adopt what I call an outcome focused. An outcome focused is where you know your destination. You know why, what you want, why you want it, and what needs to happen to get you there. So once we get rid of limiting beliefs as step one, then we create the roadmap, the recipe, or the blueprint in step two to create the plan of action. Does that make sense? So good. So good, man. And so I was just doing a call about this, and I'm sure this ties into it. I, I think uh, one of the most important things is people don't write anything down, right? We have no plan. You know, forget a business plan. We don't have a life plan. We don't, we don't write down our goals. And I love that you tied in an analogy of, you know, and I'll use my wife as an example, I'm not throwing her out of the bus, but like when we go on a vacation, um, she has anxiety. So she wants to plan everything. We have to know where we're going to eat, where we're going to land, where we're going to stay, what kind of hotel, where, what does the room have an ocean view or a court view? Like, and then, and that's, that's all well and good. Right. But when we start to think about, you know, what our life plan is, you know, it's like, what do we want in life? How much money do we want to make? What's, what are we going to do with it? What's our legacy look like? What's our estate planning look like? And that's where I want to get more granular. Right. Yep. And it's funny because we will, we will spend minute detail on a vacation plan. Right. Yep. But most people won't, they won't think about their business that way. They won't think about what their goals are each year that way, let alone write it down. And I think that's very, very important. The way you just laid that out um, is having a strategic plan of what are we trying to do? Because you can't, um, you can't weigh it against what, how far you've come. If you, if you haven't laid out the plan that you're trying to, to map out, you know, you don't, you don't know where you've been. If you don't know, you know, where you're trying to go. Well, I love that you shared that and you're spot on because I think most people, you know, think they've got a plan, but they keep it up here in this three pound mass called your brain. Well, mm -hmm. your brain's real dominant, you know, feature is to keep you safe, to keep you comfortable, to keep you alive. And I'm telling you, writing things down absolutely enhances anybody's ability. You know, and Tony says, you know, get it out of your head and get it on paper because it becomes real. That's mm -hmm. absolutely true. But we go even further. I mean, we don't just talk about business and finances. We take a look at your health. You know, how are you showing up in your physical and mental health? How are you showing up with your spouse? You know, if you were to rate yourself as a parent, where are you winning and where are you not, right? Mm -hmm. How are you showing up, you know, in tithing or giving money to charity? So there's multiple categories of improvement. We call shorten that to COIs, categories mm -hmm. of improvement that we work on so that we create a very well-rounded person not just somebody who is just business or financially, you know, driven. We really want you to live a purpose-driven life. And that's why when we say, you know, what do you want, you know, and most people will say, and how do I get it? We've got to insert that middle piece of why do you really, really, really want it? Because when the why is big enough, and you've heard this lots of times, the how tends to show up. The how tends to come to you when you need to figure out how to do something. So what do I want? Why do I want it? you know, and then ultimately we can start moving towards it.
So good. So good. Now, that's exciting because it takes us to step three. And step three is really what I call a lack of systems for support. A lack of systems for support. Because here's the truth. We can get rid of your limiting beliefs and we can create an action plan. But do you have sustainable practices, daily habits, routines and rituals that allow you to, you know, create systems to support your outcome, right? It could be a roadmap, a recipe, a blueprint. It could be a business partner. It could be technology. I mean, what could you be using right now as a system to support you in getting to your outcome, right? And I know that you're part of phenomenal mastermind groups. I'm part of phenomenal mastermind groups. So it could be something that maybe you're not really, you know, latching onto that's right in front of you that literally gives you the ability to speed up your path to success. And so really step three is I find that most people that create systems, they don't sustain them or other people that create systems, they're, they quit using them after week two. It's kind of like a new year's resolution. So between the limiting beliefs, the lack of a strategic plan, and the lack of systems, again, those are the first three things that I see over and over and over that cause people to fail. I love that. And, and you know, just to tag on to the systems piece, I think it's one of the most overused words uh, as far as, uh, you know, like clickbait or, you know, uh, terminologies, but it's the most, one of the most important structures. And I yep. see people all the time with shiny object syndrome because they have a great system in front of them, but they're always looking for that next push button overnight success system where they can plug in and make millions of dollars by pressing a button when they have great systems in front of them. I mean, look, a yellow notepad can be a great system if used properly, but you have to be consistent with it and you have to use a system, right? Um, so I think that it, it, it's, a, it's a great piece that a lot of people tend to overlook um, because they, they, they don't get comfortable in one system and just use an environment that they're good at, right? So that's I think that's it. a, it's, a great, it's a great component. You bet. Yellow notepads are phenomenal. Excel spreadsheets are phenomenal, right? You know, time stamping things are phenomenal. I mean, there's just no shortage of people can always better the system. So that yeah. takes us to number four. <clears throat> this is probably the one I'm the most passionate about taking clients through. And it's what I call poor time management. <laughs> you know, we've all got Joe something called the rule of 168. And if you're not familiar with that, we all have 168 hours a week to literally live our life. Now we sleep for a bunch of those hours. We eat, we pay the bills, we play with the kids. But what are you doing with the rest of your time, right? And are you doing the high impact, high income activities? Are you taking care of your family? Are you taking care of your body? Are you reading? Are you listening to great podcasts like Joe's? I mean, you really have to check in and do what I call a time management audit to really figure out, you know, where you're playing below the line and what you need to do to change to start playing above the line. Because Joe, there are things that our listeners will find helpful here as we go through the four D's of time management, where yes, there are things that you should do. There are things that you should delay doing. There are things that you should delegate. And believe it or not, folks, there are things that you should probably dump altogether. So we're either gonna do, delay, delegate, or dump things you know, in our path to really finding out how to optimize and maximize what we're doing with our time. Because as the saying goes, you've got 168 hours, just like I do, just like Tony Robbins does, Oprah Winfrey does, you know, Elon Musk has, but it's not the amount of time that we all have. It's what you do with that time. And a lot of people 
really fall down in that department. Does that make sense? A hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Again, uh, again, valuing your time folks and understanding what is the value um, of your role, you know, or do you want to be a visionary? Do you want to be a team leader? Do you want to, you know, do you want to be an hourly employee? And, and there's nothing right or wrong about, you know, where you want to be and, and what it is you want to do. But understanding that if you want to be a multimillionaire, you can't, you can't continue to be $10, you know, doing $10 an hour activities. You have to figure out where, where you want to fit in that, in that, uh, in that big scheme of things. Right. Um, and you're right, uh, Trevor, people find themselves doing, um, those activities time and time again. And then they say, Oh, I'm working a hundred hours a week. Well, yeah. hundred hours a week. There's a reason for that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so good. That's so good. It reminds me that there's an actual statistic that the average American, not necessarily you, but the average American watches 36 hours of television a week. Right. That's insane. You know? Yeah. And that's why Tony Robbins calls the TV, the electronic income reducer, right? <laughs> it doesn't make you money. It puts you in a comatose state. And then yep. you go buy all the, you know, the commercial, you know, goods that people program you with. So the other thing I want to, you know, give you an, a, an acknowledgement for is you talk about roles and responsibilities, right? Mm. That is, do you know exactly what you should be doing to work in your zone of genius with the time you have and what you probably really don't like to do? I'll give you an example in real estate. For me, I have real estate all over, you know, the U.S., all over Canada, Costa Rica, we're partners. We've got some stuff going on in Australia. And for me, I love going out there and finding deals. I like raising capital for deals. But if you ask me to underwrite a building, that is just not my jam. That is for yeah. other people to figure out. I can do it, but it's not my zone of genius. So as you guys do your time management audit, take a look at things where you are absolutely passionate about doing it, right? Take a look at other things that you really don't mind doing or not doing. And then I guarantee there's some things that are lower level activities or higher level activities that you'd be well served to farm out to someone else. hundred percent. I just had this conversation yesterday, Trevor, like what is your unique ability? And uh, you know, we're taking on self storage developments. And yeah. I, and I said to somebody yesterday, I said, you know, uh, my unique ability is, is putting together really, really great teams. I, I will find the, the best subcontractors. I'll find the best architects, the best engineers. I, you know, I have a history and, and, and background in construction. It doesn't mean I'm the best construction manager out there. I'll find the best construction manager I can find and we'll, and we'll create the best team for, for developing these sites. I'm not afraid to admit that I'm, I'm not the guy to build every single one of them. I, I will put the, the best team together. And the guy I was on the phone with who happened to be a lender. He was like, wow, you know, I don't hear too many people admit that they're not the best one out there to develop these sites. I'm like, well, you know, the reality of it is I know my unique ability. I know what I'm great at. I'm great at finding great people and then allowing them to be responsible to do what we hired them to do. And, you know, I think it's super important that, that we understand what we're really great at and what, we're, and what our weaknesses are. And, yeah. and, and being able to admit that is super important. And, and I'm not saying that from a a cocky perspective. I'm saying that I think more people need to be able to, to, to be able to admit that kind of thing. And um, they'll be better off that way, right? Absolutely. You can go way further faster remembering life is a team sport. I mean, if you were one person trying to wear 17 different hats and do everything on your own, that's okay. But you really got to ask, is that the best way to optimize and maximize what the outcome is that I'm moving towards? It'd be like, you know, if you went to the airport and you and your wife were taking that beautiful trip that you take, you know, are you going to tell the pilot, hey, go sit in the back. I'm going to fly the plane. Like that wouldn't happen. You'd exactly. let him fly the plane. You go in the back and have a cocktail and enjoy your time 
to your sunny destination. So again, zone of genius, roles and responsibilities. What are you passionate about? What are you not passionate about? And then again, think about that $10 or $20 an hour time frame, because if you're not working on things that, you know, I always ask people, what's, a, what's an hour of your time worth? If people believe me here, most people answer that number lower than they really should. Because your knowledge, your wisdom, your education, your background, your skill set, your life set, your heart set, they're all contributing factors. So whatever number that you might answer that with, I want you to double it. I want you to triple it. I want you to really lean into the fact that, you know what, we're all here with our own zone of genius. But I really come back to, are you doing the things that are allow you to going to make impact and make income? Because money is a byproduct of the impact that we all make. So if you with your construction background, you going off and looking at self storage stuff, and I own self storage stuff in Key West, Florida, love that stuff. But mm -hmm. if you really, really optimize and maximize that stuff, you will get to your outcome, which will allow you to then go out and rinse it and repeat it and rinse and repeat it. And, you know, I'm a big believer in making money, not just to make money, but it's what you can do with that money to help more people so that they too can, you know, live a better life. Does that resonate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. yep. So my man, that takes us to number five, the final thing and the five reasons why people fail to scale. And I think you'll find number five pretty familiar. And it's really a trifecta of three things. Number one, lack of execution, lack of course correction, and believe it or not, lack of accountability. Yes, accountability, <laughs> I said it. So lack of execution, lack of course correction, that is maybe if you're not on point, do you just cry in your soup or do you find a way to, to resurrect and, and regroup? And then number three, I find that if you don't have some sort of accountability system, whether that's a business partner, a spouse, a coach, a teacher, a mentor, a mastermind group partner, you're really fooling yourself because we know the human you know, condition and the path of least resistance will take over and you'll find yourself sitting on the couch watching Netflix. Well, that's not going to make impact or income. So I really want the listener to really think about, you know, how are they executing? right? How are they measuring or having benchmarks to check in to see if they're on track or not? And then ask themselves, what have they set for an accountability role, right? Either for themselves or their, their company or their, you know, their partners or whatever, because I want to really emphasize again, that this is universal, whether it is the limiting beliefs, the lack of a strategic plan, the mm -hmm. lack of systems for support, the poor time management, or that trifecta of execution, course correction, and accountability there's really not a lot more that we need to you know, study when it comes to doing that self audit. So Joe, what's your reflection on all five of those things? <clears throat> I, I, think it, I think it's awesome. I, I, you, you, you must know me because I talk, I talk about all of these things pretty yep. much all the time in our mastermind groups. That, that number five, it just, it hits so many angles at the same time, right? Because I think, I think Trevor, we're all affected by, by these things at some point in time, right? Like, you know, I think with the execution piece, we all get lazy at some point in time, right? I think if, if we're lying to ourselves, if we all say that we get up and we execute 100%, 110% every single day, I think there's a lot of, you know, memes and uh, social media profiles that pretend to do that, but I'm not sure that yes. that actually happens, right? Course correction, you know, we all have to learn how to pivot. And I think if anything was taught to us in 2020, it was if you don't know how to pivot, you, you, you know, you're going to you're going to get swallowed up and, and yes. you need to learn how to figure out how to you know, make change uh, on the fly. 
And the accountability piece, you know, again, I, I, I think accountability happens in so many different directions, whether it's, you know, uh, hiring a coach to help you stay on track with your healthy eating habits or, you know, working out or business or, you know, uh, but we have accountability groups for, for multiple different things. So um, every one of us, no matter what, we need self-discipline in some, some category. That accountability piece um, is, is paramount in, in, in some way, shape or form. Um, unless you totally love to do something, you're going to need to be accountable to do that thing. So, um, you know, I, I love number five. I think it's uh, I think it's spot on. But man, this 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 whole um, this whole piece. I mean, I think you're right. Every one of these things uh, ties into the scalability of what you're trying to create. Um, and if you're not on par with these things, um, you know, you're not going to see that scale. So, you know, I, I think these are great. I think for our listeners, I hope you guys took notes. I hope you wrote these things down. Um, Trevor, where do, where do my, where do, where do people find you? Where, where do they reach out to you? Where do they, um, you know, find your coaching? Well, thank you very much. And before I share that, I just want to remind yeah. people that, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, your spouse, because maybe your spouse isn't the right person to keep you accountable. Sometimes they're the wrong person to keep you accountable, to be honest. And then yeah. go and in women, um, it doesn't have to be your best friend. You can find great people, you know, at mastermind groups, meetups, um, business luncheons, that sort of thing. But I do recommend that people hire coaches. And here's why. I mean, the world is sped up so fast and we've got so many things coming at us. Wouldn't it just make sense? I mean, Tony often talks about stepping into what he calls his common sense corner, right? If we step into the common sense corner here, wouldn't it make sense to have somebody that you could literally co-create with that could be a sounding board that could hold you accountable. I mean, if you really are a high performer and you know that you want to go from good up to great, but you want to go from great up to excellent, and there's still two more levels, excellent up to outstanding or outstanding to where I love to take people, which is extraordinary or extraordinary, you know, ask how could a coach, a teacher, a mentor, a trainer help you? And, you know, I don't just talk the talk, I walk the walk. In fact, I have two coaches that kick my ass regularly, plus I have an accountability partner in Seattle, plus I have a mastermind group. So mm. at the end of the day, I really believe there's always another level for any of us that are defiantly committed to moving forward. So in mm. addition to finding a coach, a teacher, a mentor, someone like that, there's two other things that I want you to really think about as we get ready to finish this year strong and step into 2021. And that is, you know, how hungry are you? I mean, let's ask that again. How hungry are you? Because I find that a lot of people will eat an appetizer and they're satisfied from it. But I'm telling you, there's a whole buffet out there for people to sink their teeth into. There's never been a better time to seize and grab opportunities that are coming our way, whether that's in business, whether that's in travel, once COVID opens up, whether that's in, you know, doing some charity work, but find something you're hungry for more of and find a way to unleash your passion because where there's passion, there's possibility. So all of that kind of leads to where people can get a hold of me. There's two ways to do it. You can simply go to my website, which is trevormcgregor.com. That's trevormcgregor.com. Or if there are some high performers out there that want to have a one-to-one -one call with me, you can simply go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's coachwithtrevor.com. Enter your details. We'll set up a 30-minute call and we'll chat about where you're at, where you want to go, and literally check in on those five things that we discussed because I'm here to help more people unleash themselves to live their best life 
And ultimately, it's what my passion is. It's what I committed my life to. Because I said to my old coach, you know, when he got me up and dusted me off and he helped me get to where I am, I said, man, I'm going to commit my life to doing similar work because ultimately that's more of what humanity needs. Dude, that was a great call, man. I think that might be one of our best episodes, honestly. I mean, you really brought the heat today, and I know that there's going to be some amazing takeaways, and I know that our listeners are going to get a lot out of this. So I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to everybody today. I appreciate you bringing it, and uh, I know we're going to we're going to spend some more time together talking now after the show. So uh, Trevor McGregor, thanks for being on the show today, and uh, thanks. thanks thanks for uh, you know bringing everything you did. Thank you for having me on again, Joe. Keep up the great work. It's a phenomenal show and I love, love supporting the listeners and we'll catch up again soon. Take care.